Welcome to Setting Captives Free podcast. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But many people wonder, how can I be free from things I've struggled with all my life? Anger, impurity, anxiety, depression, fear, gluttony, and so on. Well, today, Eric Hurt and Mike Cleveland study a passage of Scripture that will help you enjoy the freedom that Jesus died to give you. Hello, my name is Eric Hurt, and I'm here again to do another podcast with my partner in ministry, Mike Cleveland. Mike, are you ready to do another podcast today, brother? Yes, sir. I'm excited to be with you looking into God's Word together. Amen. And so, as promised, Second uh, Kings chapter 5 today. Uh, last week, we did Second Kings chapter 4 and poison in the pot. And then next week, uh, we're going to be looking at 2 Kings chapter 6. And so I thought I would just do a quick summary uh, leading up to verses, uh, 2 Kings 5 uh, verses 10 and 14, where we'll pick it up. So let me just do a summary on what we're looking at here. We're talking about Naaman, uh, who was a commander of the army of Syria. He was a great man. Uh, he was in high favor a mighty man of valor, but Mike, he was a leper. Um, and Syria had raided Israel and captured a little girl who became a servant to Naaman's wife. Uh, the little girl said that there was a prophet from Samaria who could cure Naaman of his leprosy. And so Naaman uh, went and was, took 10 talents of silver, 6,000 shekels of gold, and 10, 10 changes of clothing uh, and then he came with all his horses and chariots and stood at the door to Elisha's house. And Mike, as we pick it up, before we pick it up there in verse 10, uh, would you like to make a comment on anything that we've discussed so far leading up to this point? Okay, that's a really good introduction. Uh, what we're looking at here is a man who's important, a man who's wealthy, uh, a man of high standing. He's a man who's uh, got a lot of money. He's got. He's taking with him all this money to come to purchase his healing. Uh, he's going to give gold and silver and clothing, and he's going to come with all his entourage, and he's going to show up at the house of Elisha the prophet. And uh, you know, here he is, an important man, going to buy his healing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what we see, isn't it? And uh, you know, it's just amazing how he came with so much. Uh, with all his horses and chariots and all his money and clothing. And just like you said, he's, he's coming to purchase this healing. He's, he, he seems excited about it. And who wouldn't be excited, brother? <laughs> yeah, he's got a horrible disease. This leprosy, Eric, if you think about it, is a horrible flesh-rotting, flesh-eating disease. We, we uh, don't have many cases of leprosy today, but back then it was a, a horrible thing that just ate away at your skin until it finally basically ate you up and you died in leprosy and in fact it was it was contagious and and so people who had leprosy uh, had to walk on the other side of the street when they saw people coming and they had to yell out unclean unclean so that everybody would stay away from them and so here this important man who's wealthy is coming, but he's got this problem of leprosy. And, and uh, so he's going to come to the house of Elisha. And uh, he, he is excited, as you said, because 
he has the hope that he's going to be free from yeah. leprosy. Hmm. Yeah, and that, uh, you know, I think anybody would be excited to hear that there was a man that you could go to uh, that who could heal you from that, uh, from that embarrassment, from that uh, skin eating, uh, you know, disease that you've been trapped in for so long. And, you know, been, um, so anyone at this point uh, would be willing to do about anything. And that's what we see here. He, he seems like he's, he's really willing to go and do whatever it takes uh, to be healed from this leprosy. It seems like it. Uh, initially here, as you think about what he's done, he's gone over to the enemy camp. You know, Aram and Syria and, and Israel were at war. And uh, so he is actually going over to the enemy camp. Why? He's got a real need and desire to be free of this leprosy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so, Mike, if you could, you want to uh, get us started there in, in verse 10 and and uh, we'll see exactly what happens as uh, Naaman goes down with all his money and entourage and his wealth, like you said. And uh, what, what happens when he goes uh, to Elisha's house? Okay, he shows up at Elisha's house, and in verse 10, Elisha sent a messenger or a servant to say to him, Go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan, and your flesh will be restored, and you will be cleansed. (laughs) Eric, wait a minute. He goes to this prophet's house. He's an important man. This Naaman is a dignitary. He's a a diplomat. He's a leader of uh, many armies. And he shows up at the prophet's house. You would think the prophet would be happy to see him and come out and ask what he wants. He sends a servant out to tell him <laughs> what to do. Doesn't that seem odd? <laughs> yeah, it really does. It does seem odd. And, uh, you know, and, and such an odd solution as well to go wash yourself seven times in the Jordan. Uh, and that's going to cleanse my flesh. <laughs> right. The Jordan was known to be muddy. Uh, it was known to to be uh, narrow and and muddy, and you know he sends a servant out, and it's it's sort of like, don't you know who I am? Right. Don't you understand all of my wealth? I've come here to purchase my healing, and you don't come out to me yourself. So how did uh, Elisha? How did Naaman rather respond? Yeah, as we look in verse eleven, it's just so amazing. Uh, it says, but Naaman went away angry and said, and this is just so fascinating, brother. I thought that he would surely come out to me, stand and call on the name of the Lord, his God, wave his hand over the spot and cure me of my leprosy. Now, Mike, how is this uh, just parallel uh, the world's wisdom compared to God's wisdom? Uh, You know, isn't it amazing? He said, I thought that it would be step one. Uh, he was going to come out, stand, and call on the name of the Lord. Step two, he's going to wave his hand over the spot. And step three, I was going to be cured. And maybe step four, I could pay him off and I'd be on my way. <laughs> and, <laughs> That's a good summary, brother. That's a good <laughs> summary. Uh, and, and what we see here, too, is, is he's dictating the terms of his healing. Mm. Uh, he is stating, now, look, here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go to your house. You'll be thankful to have me. And uh, I want you to come out, and what you're going to do is take your magic wand, you're going to pray to some god, and here's how I'm going to find healing. And Eric, we have to come to the point where we understand that we cannot dictate the terms 
uh, of our healing. We are not the ones who are to tell God how he's to do what he's to do. And until we learn that, we never find healing. Yeah. And it just seems so odd, doesn't it? Uh, go wash yourself seven times. No, no, no. I thought <laughs> God's ways uh, are not our ways and his thoughts mm -hmm. are not our thoughts. It's so uh, opposite of what we think that we need to do. And like you said, we uh, don't call the shots. Uh, it's not what we think to do. That's why the cross uh, seems like foolishness. Why would I want to and why do I need to look at a cross to be healed? Uh, that doesn't even make sense. Yeah, that's such a good point that you brought out. I thought, um, well, what are you doing thinking? Uh, <laughs> why do you think that your thoughts are going to trump God's methods? And so one of the things we have to learn here when we desire to be washed and cleansed and freed from our sin is that we have to stop trusting in our own thinking. Um, we have to start trusting the Lord and leaning not to our own understanding, um, but in all our ways, acknowledge him. Uh, and so like Naaman comes here and he's got a predetermined method hmm. upon which he's going to find healing. And he has brought all the wealth he has. He's brought his entourage. And why? Because he's leaning to his own understanding. Uh, Eric, we had somebody come to the purity course a while back and they had set out a complete list of things they needed in order to be free and if we would not comply with them uh, it was a it was a she and she said i'm, I'm just gonna not i'm gonna go away uh, and so wow. you know while while there was that attitude there can be no freedom because god has to teach us that his ways are not our ways mm. and that we have to relinquish all of our understanding, all of our thinking, uh, all of our, our previous ways. We have to surrender them to God's ways. Mm. Yeah. Amen. I, I love the way you said that brother. Otherwise uh, we're going to, we're going to go away angry. And, and that's what we see. Uh, we see when things don't go our way, when it's, it's not a, upon which we thought, it was going going to happen or by the steps or the recovery we thought we were going to receive, uh, you know, we go away angry because we don't understand uh, that God's way uh, is the only way that we're going to be washed and cleansed and restored and set free. And so, um, yeah, it's, it's just amazing to look at this story and see how it is so indicative of, of people's lives today. Uh, just like you said, with the woman that came to the purity course, here's my list. Here's the steps that you must take to help me. And um, no, the steps that God wants are different than the steps that we think. And so, uh, like we've said a couple times already, God's thoughts are much higher than ours. His wisdom uh, is to lift up his son on a pole. And all who look there will be healed. Or in this case, go wash themselves time in the Jordan and your flesh and you will be cleansed and so yeah brother do it God's way yeah two times in this passage it says he went away angry in verse 11 Naaman went away angry and then in verse 12 it says uh, 
you know, he talks about the different rivers in Damascus are not our Banna and Farfar, the rivers of Damascus, aren't they better than all the waters of Israel? Couldn't I wash in them and be cleansed? So he turned and went off in a rage. <laughs> and so he is furious. He, mm -hmm. He's enraged. First of all, Elisha doesn't come out to meet him personally. Second of all, the, uh, he, he has determined what needs to happen, and that's not happening. <laughs> Third of all, he is disgusted at the Damascus, at the Jordan River, because mm. it's known to be muddy. Aren't these other rivers better? <laughs> and, and he's just angry that this isn't turning out the way he had determined that it should turn out. Yeah, and it's amazing that it says that he was angry and then went off uh, in a rage. And, and the, like you said, he pointed out three other rivers. Hey, look at these. Uh, you know, the, these are much better. Um, couldn't I just wash in them and be cleansed? Uh, can I do it? You know, I, here I am again. I'm trying to offer my suggestion. I'm, I'm trying to offer what sounds applicable to me, what sounds uh, better to me. Uh, and, you know, this, this would make sense to him. Uh, but it's not the what the instruction he received um, from the servant, and um, you know, and so I, I remember being uh, angry and raging myself, brother, in my sin, uh, in my leprosy, and you know, just damage to myself, much others, and uh, took my life, just like this leprosy was about to take Naaman's life, who turned and went off in a rage. Brother, he was about to turn his back on his healing. Uh, he, would, he would die with his leprosy. He, was, he would not be healed if he would have kept going. And uh, so we see uh, that in verse 13, Naaman, Naaman's servant went to him and said, My father, if the prophet had told you to do something great, would you not have done it? How much more then when he tells you, wash and be cleansed <laughs> brother this is good news right here isn't it it is good news because she's trying she's making so much more sense than he is mm. um this this little servant girl and by the way eric she's the real hero of this story mm. we've got a king a prophet and an army a fighter a soldier and we've got a little servant girl because remember this servant girl uh, i'm sorry this is the servant of elisha right here and and the logic that he uses is very simple. You know, don't you want to wash and be clean? <laughs> uh, why not drop all your preconceived methods? Why not lose them all and just wash and be cleansed? Yeah. It's irrefutable logic. Wash and be cleansed. Mm -hmm. And so he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan seven times as the man of God had told him. Eric, think about this. It was humbling for him to do this, wasn't it? He had yes. to relinquish his pride because his pride kept him in good standing. His pride said he was somebody. Uh, his pride had him bring all this wealth. And, and God had to teach him that to be cleansed and freed, is you have to come with nothing. It's mm. free grace. Uh, whatever you bring, you have to lose in order to truly be cleansed. And imagine him going down into this muddy river against everything within him. Everything within him is, is fighting this. And um, he's going down to this muddy river, and down he goes once. 
nothing happens, <laughs> right? He goes down again twice into this muddy river. He comes back up and looks at his hands. Nothing. I got nothing. Eric, what if he had gone away at this point, gone up out of the Jordan and said, that doesn't work. I am done with that washing. That does not work. And, and I don't know why I thought it would. What would boy, have happened? Boy, again, brother, he would have gone off and died in, in, with his leprosy. And, uh, you know, he, he had to do um, what he was told to do. It needed to be seven times. The servant said, go wash yourself seven times. And I love how it says, if he had told you to do something great, you would have done it. Uh, how much more than he tells you to do something simple here? Wash and be cleansed. So brother, two times, three times, even six times wouldn't have done it. It was seven times, brother. And I love how you brought up that this dignitary, this rich man uh, who was uh, you know, a leader of the army. I mean, he was somebody. And yet in his thinking, he had changed his mind and he went down and dipped himself in the Jordan, not once, not twice, but he carried on and went through seven times, brother. And what amazing results we see uh, when he had changed his mind and, and dipped in that muddy water seven times. Right, brother? Yes, and the result was, as the man of God had told him to do, and it says in verse 14, and his flesh was restored and became clean like that of a young boy. <laughs> Eric, he's finally healed. Can you uh -huh. imagine the joy? He uh -huh. looks at his arms what, that was once eaten away by this wasting skin disease. He's completely cleansed. He has no more leprosy. His skin is like that of a little boy. It's like he has become a new creation right now. He's, <laughs> he's all new. And think about this, that this is washing over and over. This is continuing to go down, humble myself again, go into the water once more. And over time, as he does this enough, he becomes completely washed and cleansed and like a young boy. Isn't that amazing? It really is amazing. And the, the story that popped in my mind when we were discussing this was Acts chapter 3, when the, uh, when the crippled man was healed by Peter, and he leapt up and jumped, and he was praising God. And I just wonder, I know it doesn't say it in the story, but I can imagine Naaman, Naaman coming up the seventh time, brother, and just couldn't wait to get out of there, leaping and jumping. Uh, and and, and and like you said, like a new creation, uh, totally different uh, with, uh, you know, being clean and restored as a young boy. That would just be absolutely amazing uh, to him. Yes. And Eric, think about this. This story is actually pointing us forward to something. Hmm. Uh, we looked a couple of weeks ago when we talked about the new covenant in Ezekiel 36. One of the promises of the new covenant in verse 25 is, then I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. I will cleanse you from all your filthiness and from all your idols. Uh, Jeremiah 33, 8 says, I will cleanse them from all their iniquity by which they have sinned against me and I will pardon all their iniquities. Um, and so this is pointing us forward to a time when at the cross, Jesus would shed his blood to forgive, 
to pardon, to reconcile, but also to wash and cleanse and make us new. Um, Eric, the cross is very much like the Jordan River. It's a very unlikely place for somebody to get clean, isn't it? Yes, it really is. And it is uh, amazing that Jesus became uh, like our sin. He became like that muddy water. He became sin for us, brother. And and uh, it, the muddy water of uh, Jesus nailed to a tree becoming for us is the place of cleansing. It, it surely does seem odd, uh, but it is the place where we go and look at for continual washing, brother. It's the only place uh, that can change the human heart, as you said from that Ezekiel passage, where we're heart of stone is removed and we're given a heart of flesh. It's all brother from the in and out. And it's just a powerful, terrible, wonderful, amazing cross uh, where Jesus was made ugly uh, on the cross. Uh, he was battered and bruised beyond that of any human and disfigured like that muddy water. But that was the place of cleansing. That was the place of healing. And that is the place of continual washing for the believer, isn't it, Mike? It's the con yes, that's so well said, brother. It's the continual washing at the cross. And, you know, we have to continue to humble ourselves, come to that cross, see Jesus uplifted for us, taking mm -hmm. our sin upon himself. If you think about it, in a sense, Jesus became leprous mm -hmm. on that cross. He took our sin wasting our flesh-wasting disease, this leprosy of sin upon himself. So if you look at that cross, Eric, what you're seeing is a leper mm -hmm. up there who is covered in sin, who from head to foot is entirely swamped in our sin. Why? That we might be cleansed and healed and made new like a young boy. Um, it's a beautiful thing. And First Peter one twenty two says, "Since you, by the way, think about this passage applying to Naaman. Since you have, in obedience to the truth, purified your souls with a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart." Naaman had, in obedience to the truth, purified his body by submitting to the washing of the Jordan River. Um, we come to the cross, brother. And we submit to the truth, the truth that we see hanging on a tree. And as we do, he takes our sin away from us. He washes us and purifies us. And we become clean and new. And, and really this story in Second Kings chapter 5 of Naaman points forward to a time when all the Gentiles would be washed at the cross. Mm. Naaman is a Gentile. Naaman is an enemy of God and his people. Naaman is, is one who is far away. And what happened? He's brought near and he is washed and he's cleansed. And Eric, if we read the rest of the story, he goes home a worshiper. And so he's washed and cleansed by grace, not by something he could do and purchase it, but all by grace. And now he becomes a worshiper of the one true God. It's a it's a picture of when we Gentiles who are far away from God, dead in our sins and trespasses, covered with the leprosy of sin, far away from God, are brought near through the cross of Jesus Christ, through the blood that he shed, we become cleansed 
and new. It's, it's so amazing, isn't it, brother? Yeah, this really is amazing. And I so appreciate the way you have laid that out for us and the picture that you've painted for us, brother. That was so well done because this is what we do. We look to the cross over and over. And it's not just saying, I believe in Jesus and the work that he did on the cross. It is actually looking there and believing it over and over and receiving the love from him, receiving the forgiveness, receiving the freedom, Seeing the cross is the place uh, of the cutting of your chains and the removing of all your sin and shame and guilt, because this is what Jesus became on the cross for us, as you said, brother. And when we receive a new heart, our desires begin to change. Everything begins to change little by little. Some may be experiencing change faster than others, but it doesn't matter. We keep looking at the cross and we keep receiving this love and grace and mercy that Jesus shed for us uh, in his own blood to, to love us, to receive us, to pardon us, and, and to, to where our desires, brother, begin to change. We become that new creation. That's what it means, that we're, cha we're changing. Uh, we're developing a hatred for the things that we used to love, and we're loving Jesus more and more because we're seeing how much he loved us when we were in our sin, when we were his enemies, as you said about Naaman here. And he is drawing us in by faith. We look to this cross and, you know, it seems like an odd thing to do. Uh, but this was an odd thing for Naaman to do as well. And so the cross is power to those who are being saved. The cross is power to save anyone, enemy or not. And uh, I just love that when people experience the power of this cross, and the power of Jesus' resurrection to where they're raised up, brother, their relationships uh, with God is restored, their relationships with man is restored, your marriage will be restored because you'll be united with this tremendous love that you've never experienced before. And it's just uh, incredible. Uh, this Christian life is not just about eternity into heaven and a get-out-of-jail-free card. Uh, it's about a tremendous, powerful cross that comes in to cut and heal you and to raise you up new. That is beautiful. My heart is worshiping as you were saying that. Um, I, you know, one of the things that's interesting, Naaman's body was cleansed. Mm. His outward, external body was cleansed as a picture that pointed forward to what would happen at the cross. But Eric... Our internal heart, mind, conscience even is cleansed. Listen to Hebrews 9.14. How much more will the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without blemish to God, cleanse your conscience from dead works to serve the living God? Eric the blood of Jesus doesn't just wash our body. It mm. cleanses my conscience. In other words, that voice within me that tells me that I've done wrong, that voice that tells me I'm unworthy, that voice that tells me I'll always be this way, always going to fail, I'm always going to be a loser. The, the conscience, with my own voice within me, is cleansed at the cross of Jesus. The way this happens is I take that voice to the cross mm. and, and say, so you'll always be this way. No, I'm washed. I'm cleansed. I'm forgiven and pardoned. 
Um, and you're always going to be a loser. No, Jesus became a loser in my place. Why? To, to make me to be more than a conqueror through him who loved me hmm. so that he would lead me around in the triumphal procession all through my life. And, and so what happens at the cross is not our bodies being washed, but our hearts and our minds and our conscience, our internal self who we are, the way that we speak to ourself is all washed, is all cleansed. And that is marvelous because it shuts up that voice that wants to continually condemn me and speak uh, against me. It just shuts it up. That's the power you were talking about in the blood of Christ. Amen, brother. I just loved everything you just said. And you know, it just, it, it goes against uh, our thinking as we say, as we see name. And I thought this, I thought it would be waving the hand. And, but at the cross, we see that it's without hands. Uh, it's through the shed blood of Jesus, as you said, brother. And that's why I love that Colossians 2, 11 and 12 passage, because it clearly says it's without hands. It's not what we think. It's not a step or two or three or 12 or recovery. It is without hands. And what is, what is that saying? It says the circumcision happens internally, like you said, through the bloodshed of Jesus with his hands. It's without human hands. It's without human help. It's without human anything. And that's what the Colossians passage is trying to say, that there's going to be a circumcision in your heart internally where you're going to be washed and cleansed without hands because you're going to look at the cross and by faith, you're going to receive all the benefits of the cross with a new heart and new desires and new flesh, a new creation. See, this is all without hands. It's not the help of any human like Naaman thought. Naaman thought he's going to come out and wave his hand and I'm going to be clean, you know, or, you know, it's, it's, this man's going to come out and, and do it this way. But no, it's to look at the cross by faith. And uh, we get this circumcision uh, without human hands, but with Jesus' hands nailed and pierced with his blood and bleeding from his head to toe so that we could be washed and cleansed from head to toe, brother, but internally. And it's just, it's just amazing. We, that's why we love to do these podcasts. And we hope that someone listening uh, is, is going to realize it's not about a list. Don't make a list. And, uh, you know, or a recovery group is just going to be that. Be in it forever. But to look to the cross, brothers and sisters, this is the place of healing uh, where Jesus shed his blood to love you and to pull you out of your sin and shame and to wash you clean, whiter than snow. I mean, just incredible, right, brother? It is. It's very incredible. And to think that, you know, the, the internal washing and cleansing is what happens to us. Sometimes people in maybe drug recovery programs or something I say, I've been clean for, you know, 30 days. I've been clean for, uh, and they, they tie it to an external behavior. Mm. But no, the reality is when we talk about being cleansed, we mean internally uh, cleansed, as you said. And I love the, the fact that it's the blood of Jesus that washes us and makes us clean. And Eric, let me just close with this verse in Zechariah chapter 13, pointing forward to the cross. It says, on that day, a fountain will be opened to the house of David and the inhabitants of Jerusalem to cleanse them 
from sin and impurity. And he goes on to describe how you would banish the idols and the spirit of impurity from the land. Eric, it takes being cleansed, doesn't it, to have yes. our idols and our impurity banished from our lives. Amen. And this is exactly what we see at the cross. It is the place of cleansing and it is the place of removal of all idols. Uh, is the crushing of all idols uh, just as Jesus was crushed on the cross for us, brother. And it is remarkable that at the cross, it is both uh, our healing and cleansing and the place where Jesus defeated all rule and authority. And so this is the power of the cross. This is why we talk about the cross. And this is why we look there and go there often so that we can be continually washed and remember uh, what Jesus has done on our behalf, brother. And it's just uh, wonderful doing this podcast with you. And um, I think, uh, brother, that there's some others that are listening. So if you could maybe speak to them and close us in prayer, that would be wonderful. Okay, maybe someone feels dirty. Maybe someone feels like they have leprosy, like Naaman did. Maybe they feel unclean. Uh, maybe they know that while they maybe aren't doing certain behaviors, their thoughts are defiling, their heart inside of them. Their desires and longings are impure and unclean, and they want to be washed. Uh, maybe they're feeling like, if I could just be cleansed from these thoughts, if I could just be free from this sin that clings to me and defiles me. And, and so what we're doing is inviting you right now to come into a dirty, muddy river that is to come into the blood of Jesus, something that doesn't make sense to the world, but where you can be truly washed and cleansed. And I'm going to pray right now, Father, for someone listening who feels like they have leprosy, internal leprosy, sin leprosy, that they are in bondage to and that they're unclean with. Father, please invite them to come and wash and be cleansed and be made new like Naaman did. Lord, I pray that you'd help them to drop their own understanding and their preconceived notions, their own wisdom, the wisdom of the world. Lord, help them to surrender it all and just come to the cross and let the blood of Jesus flow over them as a cleansing fountain, for even they can be cleansed. Lord, sometimes I felt like I'm too dirty. I've gone too far. I've done too much. And yet this blood of Christ cleansed even me and can cleanse even them. I ask that you would do that just now in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast of Setting Captives Free. For more information or to enroll in free interactive courses on finding freedom, please go to settingcaptivesfree.com. Tune in next time for more truth that sets captives free.